Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Bagel Bites. I'm your host, Michael. Oh, and boy, tonight we have a sexy beast of a guest. Please welcome, for his third show, Quidifa. Hey, it's Quidifa. Don't ask me how I got that name. You don't want to know. Mike was a cooperate the first time. It was tough. So... Ah, way too far. So, we're uh, just gonna jump right in. So for tonight's first uh, first bit here, we're gonna do when music was great. I'm sure you've noticed the trend here. We're gonna do it at the beginning of every show. That's just how it's gonna happen. Don't let the jazz fool you. So for tonight's show, we're gonna be doing "Oh Girl" by the Shy Lights. You can't you can't get any better. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, oh girl, the shots.
curious. That's the Shy Lights Ogre. So, being that we have Quidifer in the studio, and my god, the thong he's wearing is just wonderful. Oh, let me tell you, it's beautiful. It's pink. He's not telling you about the rhinestones. So, we're gonna try out a new segment here. I'm gonna call it spin the wheel. It's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I got a wheel with about 17, 18 different options on it. Christopher, Quidifer, as it were, is going to spin. It happened. He's going to spin the wheel. So, without further ado, I take my handy dandy uh, wheel here, and my Quidifer tap the button, and we're going to see, uh, see what we're talking about tonight. We might do two. That's how I feel. Mr. Quidifer, spin the wheel. Let us know what it lands on. Mafia conspiracies. Oh, this is a fun one. This is uh, this is actually going to tie in a little bit to what I started talking about in the blooper episode the other night. I think uh, we're going to go on and talk about JFK, why I think the mob wanted him clipped, and how it might have went down. So, we, mafia conspiracies it is. Now, Quidifer, do you know anything about this, the JFK and the mob? Not really. So everybody's learning tonight. I've, even myself, I might have to check a few things. Not going to lie to you. Basically, the way it goes is, without the mob, Kennedy never would have been elected. There was uh, some stuff going on between Honeybee Kennedy, who he knew all these mafioso guys from back in the day when he was a bootlegger. So they all did their little thing. Favors were exchanged. Influence was changed. And Kennedy becomes Democrat. They, uh, the real way they did it was just beating the bejesus out of the local unions and teamsters and taking those votes then they'd pay people to vote twice or huh funny they'd, they'd uh, sign the votes as if uh, certain dead people had voted as well so yeah they were using dead people to vote they were using some type of mail-in ballot to vote isn't that interesting Christopher Quidifer, the uh when was the last time you remember dead people voting uh mail-in ballots and a whole mess of other really weird stuff happening around the election hmm about eight years ago? Three, but that's okay. Yes. Yes. But that's okay. What if it doesn't keep up with these things? Well, we're going to give him a pass. I don't blame him. He's the smart one. But on me, it's, it's a miserable life. I promise you that. I, uh, 
I take the pain and suffering so you don't have to. Anyways. So yeah, basically they beat the crap out of a whole lot of people, did a whole bunch of sketchy shit, and they got kind of elected. But there was, uh, you know, the anticipation that the mafia was going to get a few different favors in return. <laughs> well, oh boy. Zowie, did they get a couple of favors in return, ladies and gentlemen. John Kennedy's brother decided to start going after the mob, being the attorney general, be Robert Kennedy. And, oh, Christ, did he... He ramrodded them with a silver-spiked bayonet up the ass. They just would not stop. After all these promises, you know how many times the old man reached out to his sons, and they were just like, nah, fuck them. I don't care they got us elected. Fuck, the, fuck those greasy dagos. And I, and I hate to say it like that, but that is probably exactly what the, uh, the two Kennedy brothers said to their dad. So, I mean, I'm just quoting them here. Oh, man. So, moving forward. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for that break, but uh, it was an important one. Me and Quidditch had sat down and decided we really didn't... We liked the whole mafia conspiracy, but... It, we didn't really want it to be the first one. So I'm going to continue, give you a quick overview of the whole Kennedy thing in the mob. And then we're going to spin the wheel again. So, uh, pick up where I left off. Bobby Kennedy was fucking the mafia. And when we do this topic again and the wheel lands, we'll go much deeper. I got all the major bosses affected, how Bobby was doing these things, Kennedy's answers to their requests, etc. Oh, God, it was awful. Absolutely awful. Like I said, a silver barb, goddamn bayonet up the ass. Poor Gambino. Now, you can imagine being constantly whacked under the RICO trial. They're, they're not too happy. That's impacting business. So, who's, uh, whose idea was it? I have no idea. The CIA, the mafia, nobody really knows. But what happened was the craziest string of events... That culminated in Lee Harvey Oswald clipping Kennedy on top of somebody else in a grassy knoll. Because if you look, he was shot from the front and shot from the rear. Unless Lee Harvey could teleport, I don't think uh, he was going to be able to pull off that shot. And then if you look at the magic bullet that supposedly killed Kennedy, ricocheted off something, hit somebody else, and then through all beauty, beautiful magic of beautiful magic ends up falling out of the gurney when Kennedy was transported to the hospital. How did the bullet go through Kennedy, ricochet, hit somebody else, ricochet again, and then magically and softly land in Kennedy's gurney? Oh, here's the other thing, though. The bullet is perfect. There's no chips. There's nothing missing. There's nothing blowed out. No, no, no. This thing could literally be stuffed into a new casing today and fired the same minute. All right. A bullet doesn't work like that. For, for our uh, ammunition ignorant friends out there. That's not how she works. Okay, it gets fragmented, it gets fucked up. And uh, instead of the normal Bagel Bites logo for tonight, I'll put up an image of the magic bullet because I want you guys to see this. It's silly. But uh, long story short, Gambino worked with the CIA, had Kennedy clipped. As said, there's a metric crap ton more stuff that I want to go into. So we'll do a whole different episode the next time it pops up. Quidifa, uh, what, what were your thoughts on that? 
I don't know. I smell something fishy. Seems a little unbelievable. I would agree. And actually, you know what? Live on air. For the first time ever, Quidifa is going to see the magic bullet and give you his reaction. So enjoy the smooth, smooth jazz while I look up the bullet. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. So, Quidditch is about to see this bullet for the first time ever. And you're going to get his reaction. Okay, first impression. I had to ask myself, is that really a bullet? Looks clean, in condition. To me, it doesn't look like it was fired. Looks like bullshit. And that's from a man that doesn't know damn near anything about ammunition. That's not an insult, just a statement of facts. That should give you an idea, but you'll you'll all see it later on. So, we're going to go back, and we're going to spin the wheel. What do we think it's going to land on? I'm hoping something good, so... Chris is going to spin the wheel again and then give you a brief, brief uh, thought of his on the topic that pops up. So without further ado, Quidifa, spin that bean. All right, it's spinning. murder of Bob Crane. That's a fun one. Man lived a life. Star of Hogan's Heroes. Underground porn star. Hmm. That's a spicy bagel. So, the murder of Bob Crane. This man was up fucking whore master I mean you, if, if you think Dirk Diggler knew how to swing his dick around he took lessons from Bob Crane alright so as Quidditch said Bob Crane was in fact the star of Hogan's Heroes which is a uh, wonderful little show about a Nazi prisoner of war camp during World War II they go up to a bunch of hijinks. They humiliate the Nazis all the time. It's 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 a wonderful show to watch. I promise you, you'll enjoy it. All right, just drop your woke blinders when going in, because otherwise, oh, oh, you're gonna need a safe space real quick. I promise you that. It's a, uh, as Quidditch said, a spicy bagel. All right, so this son of a bitch lived this life like you wouldn't believe. So he knew this. He met this guy John Carpenter, who was a uh, filmographer, and not no relation. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it's related to the guy that uh, made the thing and all that. This motherfucker is like, yo, I got this camera equipment that they just gave me. he never seen shit like this. Now, Bob Crane, being a sex addict, what do you think his first thoughts were, Quidditch? Whose first thoughts? Carpenters? Cranes? 
I don't know, probably intrigued. Film film all his extramarital affairs, people. That would be my my guess. That's a little better for you. That's what no right. So he uh, he was married, married to a beautiful woman. Actually she played the sexual secretary. The secretary. The secretary. Yes, yes. He, she played the secretary in the first two seasons of Hogan's Heroes. Wow, what a, what a little piece of ace. So, he's cheating on his wife with all these different women, all these different affairs. He's filming it. Nobody knows he's filming it, which is a little sleazy. And then him and John Carpenter start selling these films. And they're making a metric ton of money. And then, uh, I don't know, one, one day, Bob Crane has a bit of a... Uh, I don't know, growing up moment maybe, and decided, huh, maybe I shouldn't be secretly filming women while I uh, have sex with them and cheat on my wife, and in most cases, having them cheat on their husbands. Maybe at least, the least thing I'll do is not film it. I don't know. That's just me. So he's filming them, they're selling them, filming them, they're selling them, and then he decides not to be a scumbag anymore, goes to John Carpenter, and says, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to try to be faithful to my wife, live a good, on, cleanest life. Uh, good, clean, honest life. And be a decent human. Well, uh, John Carpenter, as you'd imagine, making a metric shit ton of money, probably wasn't happy about that. So, Bob Crane is having one last hurrah. Now, mind you how far this guy had fallen. One of the most beloved television series in the world, Matrix, making a metric crap ton of money in the 60s and 70s. And the poor prick ends up in a hotel room in, I believe, Phoenix, Arizona, doing dinner theater. Yeah, uh, that's that's a fall, and it all comes back to his uh, extramarital affairs. No, no studio in Hollywood really wanted to touch him because of it. It was a pain in the ass. He's banging everybody when they need to film. You can't get anything done. You're delaying. Every, no, nothing ever comes over budget. It's always over. Ugh, great actor, but Jesus Christ. So anyways, the working theory is that this John Carpenter asshole spurned by the fact that Bob Crane wasn't going to be making any more nudie movies. He's watching Crane fucking it right up. He's really getting thrust and going. He's, he's got the hip thing, all that jazz. He's smacking the titties around, choking her a little bit. This creepy motherfucker, I'm sure he whacked it. I mean, quit if you got to figure hi, guy's hiding in a closet waiting to clip somebody. You, you're going to whack it out. you, you got to figure you're a little nervous, right? Yeah, that adrenaline's pumping. What else going to do? See? So, he whacks one out. Why not? I mean, he's probably banging a hot bitch. And then he sneaks. He opens the door. Crane hears the click of the little hatch, but thinks nothing of it because he's fucking going to town. I mean, he was fucking this bitch like, he owed her mo- like she owed him money. It was something else. We've seen the video, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. This guy sneaks up with a tripod behind him and just bashes Crane's skull in. I mean, just beats the fuck out of him and then beats the fuck out of the other lady. They was awful. Brains everywhere, blood everywhere, all over the place. And this is before DNA evidence, you see. So the cops just basically tramped through the thing because they were only worried about fingerprints. They're fucking they're, they're goombas. Nothing happened. This prick gets to kill this guy. Beam him. Give him a fucking, not even a moon roof. He, he, he didn't even have a skull. That's how bad it was. And nothing happens to this guy for years. Then 1994 comes. They think they have enough evidence to put the guy away. So what do they do? They put him up on trial and somehow a jury doesn't find him guilty. I mean, our DNA 
understand it was pretty fucking primitive then. And it was 30-year-old DNA stored just utterly improperly. But you'd think there'd be something. I mean, even without seeing the DNA evidence, I, I could have figured it out. The dude's pissed off. He's down to making a shit ton of money anymore. Kills Crane because he's dicked off and calls it a day. Come on, people. This ain't, this ain't a tough one. Ugh, poor Bob Crane. Goddamn poor Perk. So, to recap, the man was bludgeoned to death during the act. Now, there's a lot of ways I don't want to go. And I promise you, that's, that's probably the top three on the list. But we've reached the point in the segment where I'm going to hand you off to Quidifa, and he's going to he's gonna tell you a couple of things that he thought about this case that were a little conspiratorial or a little sexy, whatever it was. He's going to tell you. So you, you enjoy, because after this, oh, you got a tasty, tasty, spicy bacon. So, here's Quidifa. I'm not sure if it was John Carpenter. Excuse me, John Henry Carpenter. No relation. Could have been an L.A. mob boss. I know he's. I know Bob was a celebrity. You can get any woman, any kind of woman he wants. But with sexual addiction, maybe his luck ran out a bit. Need a fresh supply of women. The mob can supply women. I think that's what happened. And now you've heard the rest of the story. Now, if anything you heard tonight piqued your piqued your interest at all, really uh, finagled those seeds, let us know. And we're more than happy to really, really deep dive instead of just diddling you with the broad strokes so this next segment very near and dear to my heart I uh I go through reddit and I look for the greasiest I mean the greasy easiest stories I can find and I'm gonna have Quidditch read them to you and he's gonna ham it up I mean Jesus you're gonna think he's made out of bacon when he's done so I now present to you the hustler Side of Reddit. We're back. With a real special treat. Sorry about that, ladies. Just kind of uh, diddling the soundboard. I had an idea for this next segment I thought would be funny, but it got... It got voted out of the house. So, what Quidditch is about to do, he's gonna... Like I said, he's gonna read you some erotic fan fiction. And... From there, he's gonna really ham it up, like like Nathan Lane, hamming it up. So tonight, we've decided to go with Goddess of Breeding. That's uh, some Percy Jackson fan fiction. Now, up until about five seconds ago, I had no idea what Percy Jackson was. So for those of you that are probably much like me and have no idea, I'll read you a quick paragraph about it. Percy Jackson, The Olympians, is a series of fantasy novels written by American author Rick Riordian. The first book series, it is Camp Half-Blood Chronicles, 
The novels are set in a world with the Greek gods in the 21st century. That's all I'm willing to read. It's a book for young adults about Greek gods in the 21st century. If you want to see that, watch Supernatural. I'm sure it'll be more entertaining. They're not sponsors or anything. Just, uh, just my personal recommendation. So, we're going to give Chris about 30 seconds to get himself ready. During that, I'd like you to listen to the jazz. in 30 seconds. Now, before I pass the mic off to Quidditch, I want you all to really, really give him some thanks. As I read what, what this man is about to read, <laughs> it's up. Uh, you all, my big thank you. That's all I gotta say. So, without further ado, Quidditch. Okay. I still don't know who Percy Jackson is. But what I've looked up, a child, some Disney adventurer. I don't know. I've also have not read ahead on this. Here it goes. Goddess of reading. I don't like the sound of that snickering. Choking on his laughs, people. He's choking on his laughs. Jesus fuck. All right. Here it goes. When Artemis opened her silver eyes to her surrounding uh, surroundings, she saw that she was in a forest. A welcome sight, but she noticed she was taller. She was in her 21-year-old form, and she was naked. Okay. She guessed it was a way to further humiliate her. God damn it. Artemis shouted, hitting a tree with her fist. Meanwhile, the Minotaur was kind of like this. <laughs> was trouncing. Trouncing, is that a word? Is that trouncing? That's a word. So the Minotaur was trouncing about the woods, looking for a good place to lie down when he heard a shout. He would scare off any man in his territory. And if it was a woman, he would see if she was worth taking as a mate. Now, this is very straightforward. The Minotaur ran off in the direction of the yell and stopped to see the woman before him. And he observed her to see if she would be worth reading. Just just like, hey, you look like... uh, Good breed. You wanna, you wanna breed? Why, why am I asking you? I ain't fucking yet, bud. But I would like to point out ahead of time, Quidditch can read perfectly fine. It's the degenerate that's writing this. You should see this. It is just absolutely awful. And to give you an idea, the author's name is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Quidditch, the crow from hell. 
just to give credit where credit's due. So, please enjoy what's about to come. Pardon the pun. This is also based off of uh, Percy uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Uh, one of the uh, many stories uh, from Disney. Adjust this mic. I also have to be so close to the mic as if I were fellatiating it. Sorry again, but I would like to point out, notice how Disney uh, seems to specialize in a lot of movies with hypersexualized children. It's just something we've noticed recently. Well, I'm not going to speak on behalf of Quidditch, but that's something I've noticed. Sorry, last time. Okay, back to the story. So now the Minotaur found Artemis, and he's deciding whether or not to breed her, or do whatever else. Her auburn here was long and fell to her mid-back. Her face was smooth and flawless. Her stomach was toned and flat. Her tits, very nice, were the size of dodgeballs. <laughs> Dodgeball titties. And she had long legs and a nice toned ass. <laughs> from hell everyone this is uh it's fantastic I'm reading ahead I'm scared long legs nice toned ass she looked like a model but her silver eyes held a certain hardness to them she was perfect thought the Minotaur perfect indeed Artemis clutched her hand in pain not used to not having godly strength when she heard a noise behind her. By the way, the punctuation is just absurd. It's worse than Michael's. I would actually prefer no punctuation. Okay, long legs, dodgeball titties, toned ass. Perfect. Hands hurting a little bit. Turning, she was facing the seven-foot-tall minotaur in all his glory. <sighs> Who the fuck writes this? His manhood was out and erect two inches in diameter and nine inches long. His I, I think it would be bigger. You'd have to figure, at the very least, so veiny that it would get a little more in uh, diameter. That's that's just my thought on it. I mean, a minute, seven fucking feet tall and a minotaur to boot. I mean, your average bull's got a hog like uh, Johnny Watt, all right? So, I don't know. Mythical creature, you think you'd have a hog. I think he got shafted, no pun intended. His bull face looked down at her with lustful eyes. Oh no, quote. I don't know who said that. Either Artemis or the Minotaur. Artemis tried to run, but the Minotaur grabbed her arm and held her in place. Unhand me! You know who I am? Pretty. Woman. The Minotaur surprisingly spoke. 
Give. Calf. Artemis repeated calf. It struck her. He meant to breed her. Let me go, she shouted. Oh, Jesus. The Minotaur brought her to her knees and lined his throbbing, veiny cock in front of her face. Artemis glared defiantly at him. Release me, and I won't hurt you. Do a oomph! Minotaur huffed in pride as he invaded the goddess's mouth. Never before, <laughs> Jesus Christ, never before had he felt such a warm cavern to shove his cock. But this woman's mouth was pure bliss. He roared in pleasure. Oomph. That was more of a oomph, I'm guessing. Artemis breathed through her nose as the Minotaur's cock started fucking her throat. She fought back to gag reflex. No, that would, no I, I spoke correctly. The fleshy rod ravaged her mouth. Tasted salty, like meat. That almost won. The taste in her mouth was so strange. She felt she almost wanted to taste more. What? She could not be enjoying this. Artemis went to pull her head away, but the Minotaur grabbed her head and pulled it forward, facing her to take the entirety of his monster cock. Murr, Minotaur roared in pleasure. Mmm, Artemis coked out. I think that's spelled wrong in both respects. Her tongue involuntarily moving around the monster's girth to act as lubrication. Her silver eyes nearly rolled back into her head. Why did it feel so good? She was a maiden goddess. For Zeus's sake. Minotaur began getting restless with the way he fucked her mouth. <laughs> Artemis could see his balls begin to swell up and her silver eyes widened. The Minotaur. No commas at all. I'm, I'm, this is. And folks, I apologize for the pause. I, I have not read ahead on this, and this is just. This is just. Um. I think you can. I think you can uh, finish my sentence there. The Minotaur gave one final thrust, and Artemis could feel a hot, salty, thick substance substance shoot from his manhood and down her throat into her stomach. Roo! The Minotaur held Artemis's head in place as he continued to unload his seed into the goddess's mouth. Tasted so salty, Artemis thought, that she was swallowing some of the seas. The smell was horrific as well. 
so poignant, potent and thick and so natural. She wanted more. About to read more of this shit. Okay, am I supposed to finish this? No, no, I won't. I won't torture you anymore. Yeah, we're we're just gonna have him skip to the end, ladies and gentlemen. And then uh I'll I'll roll us out of this one. I'm just gonna skip skip to a random uh, paragraph. Oh, oh, yes. Fondle my breast. Like an animal. Squeeze them. Make them yours. Ah He hit her womb. Yes. Make me yours as well. The Minotaur began grunting as he felt his release coming. He stood up, still inside of the woman, until he was supporting her as he fought upwards into her. One hand moving behind the woman to slap her on the ass and to grope her there as well. Fucking chaos, Artemis cried. Spank me again. Minotaur obliged. Mm, Make me your slut. Make me want it. Her silver eyes glazed over as Artemis wrapped her arms around his broad neck to hold herself in place as the Minotaur continued to hit the entrance of her womb. If Artemis had known that this was what sex felt like, oh. So we're no longer breeding. She never would have taken her vow of maidenhood. <laughs> oh, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's uh, that's a spicy bagel. I promise you, crow from hell. That's a Biden supporter. I, I promise you that much. Any family that likes foot jobs likes interspecies erotica. But something I do find a little strange. How is he slapping her ass and fondling her titties when he's got hooves? That's just just trampling the poor girl. But Minotaur is. Oh, that's right. No, that's Minotaur's the bull. That's not the half horse, half person. No, the Minotaur has four legs and the top of a person with two arms, right? It's a Minotaur. Oh, you're right. I don't know, man. It's the story. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. You're getting an interview with Paul Harvey after the dead. That's your co-host. Anyways, so we got we got what a Minotaur was under control. But yeah, I don't think he's he's gonna be able to do that with hooves. I don't understand how the mentor holds weapons either. He's gotta have hands. Yeah, I I figure they, they have hands. Yeah, please, I I promise you, next time Quidditch is on, he'll be he'll be in your ears. Oh, he'll be smearing all over him. I uh kind of made a boo boo tonight and forgot to get one of the cables for the microphone, so we've had to share it. And we're not those uh. Homosexuals, so we we don't 
really want to be all that close, so we got to pass it back and forth. It's unpleasant, I promise you. Ugh. But there you go. That's Quidditch for Reads, erotic Percy Jackson fan fiction. Wow. It's been a wee bit, ladies and gentlemen. We're, uh, we're rounding out to the end here. We've got a couple more minutes. Chris Quidditch, he's going to tell you a few things he hates. He's going to hand it back to me. I'm going to tell you a few things I like, and then we're going to bed. Well, Saturday night, we're not going to bed, but we're done with you guys. So, here you go. The man with the mallet for a cock. Quidditch. That's right, Mr. Hammerdick. Things that I hate. Michael using my real fucking name. I hate that. I also hated that story, too. You know, it, I mean, it was supposed to be sexual, erotic. It, it was just very, very... It's, it's some of the verbiage there was just not very erotic. Mm. I like this song. I don't hate this song. really don't hate a lot of things. I, I guess I hate I guess I hate people not using their blinkers or people slowing down to a dramatic stop just to take a fucking turn. Kinda hate you know what? Kinda hate people in general. Just as they are. Whether you're shopping or just cruising around. Just don't like them. Maybe because I don't know them. Maybe because they don't know me. Maybe they're a fuck. Maybe I'm a fuck. Maybe we're all fucked. You know what's funny? I don't hate Trump. But I hate Biden. I didn't want to hate Biden. I just do. The more that unravels, the more I hate. Maybe, that it's, maybe that's why I don't read the news. Otherwise, I turn it into this fuck next to me. Can't keep it all in. Has to put it on the podcast. Yeah, goddammit, I am a cranky fuck. Didn't mean to cut in there, but... I promise you, it's true. I, I don't know how I haven't had a heart attack yet. I go to see Elizabeth at least three or four times a day, if that was the case. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, just for the sheer fact that I have to, like, put this microphone inside of my mouth in order to be heard. And I'm watching Michael's mustache just brush up against us the whole time. And now my lips are gently nested around it. Kind of know how uh, Artemis feels right now. Oh, poor Artemis. Lost her powers and was was just educated on what she actually does like. You know, she liked it. It's like newfound uh, newfound kink. Yeah, I guess she was a virgin.
those are some things Quidditch hates, and he's lying to you. He loves a little interspecies erotica. I promise you that. Oh, if you saw that iPhone three. So, a couple of things I like. Ah, oh, let me tell you, nothing is better than a good steak. Oh, when it's cooked ever so perfectly, or even better. When you're cooking a nice, complicated dish, you buy yourself in the kitchen, you get to zone out. Oh, what a nice feeling. The world ain't bothering you. You're not thinking about a fucking thing other than what you're putting in that pan at that exact moment. Let's see. Strippers. I love strippers. Both the tool and the woman. Oh, let me tell you, nothing's better than when they fucking just slide themselves up and down. I mean, I think that's half the reason you give them money. I can't see any other reason. They're not intellectuals. I promise you that. I don't care what she tells you. There is not a stripper working her way through college. That ain't a thing. Not a thing. I promise. Uh, let's see. What other things? Oh, I love. I, I like my lizard and I like my fish. They're great. Love what Texas is doing at the border. That's that's some stuff. Ah, uh, you know, I'm not really. I don't. There there really aren't a lot of things I like. I am struggling and just scraping the bottom of the barrel. We're not really in a time for things to be liked. We're, we're in full-blown panic mode. We're an Asian kid that's got nothing but C's for the entirety of his senior year. That's the kind of trouble we're in. We need to do something about it, people. And, God, I hope just, you know, even little episodes like this is enough to get you thinking with me and Quidditch. I know, probably not. But you never know. You might look into Artemis. You might learn a little something. Or uh, you might look into why Kennedy was killed and learn that our government isn't exactly as honest uh, as she should be. You don't know that by now. I mean, I don't know where the fuck you've been, but maybe maybe they've been diddling the Minotaur. That, I mean, that's, that's often fantasy land. So, this is Michael saying thank you if you've hung in this far and this is your first time if you're uh if you're one of my few listeners or my even fewer subscribers thank you because again as i say every night without your schmear i got a naked bagel and only pedos like naked bagels <laughs> and uh your guest host quidifa would like to say good night and leave you with something i'm sure no yeah, thank you whoever's listening and subscribing. As always, this is Critical. And thank you for listening to my smear. Can't have a naked bagel. Naked, dry, untoasted. That's, that's pedophile food. Can't have that. Alright, good night. Ladies and gentlemen, you sexy schmear spreaders. Nothing for nothing. And good luck, and enjoy the jazz like hearts.